You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Bringing you the best GPS mapping software directly to your smartphone or desktop, Onyx offers you the ability to see property boundaries, mark waypoints, track your location, and so much more. Visit onyxmaps.com or you can download it directly from your app store today. Save 20% off of your purchase by using the code NATION20 at checkout. That's capital N NATION followed by the number 20. Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Parker McDonald. This is episode number 54. Today I'm going to replay an episode that was on the Smackdown Outdoors podcast, an interview I did with their host Doug. It was a great conversation. Hope you guys enjoy it. This is the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Alright guys, welcome back to the show. I am super pumped because right now it's a Thursday, which means I am off tomorrow and I'm going to be in the woods. I love it. I love this time of year. We have had a huge cold front coming through and it's just now starting to warm up a little bit, but my gosh, it has been so cold, even here in Alabama, and uh, I'm pretty excited to catch the tail end of that. Yeah, I... um. I haven't had a lot of time in the woods this week. Um, I think I maybe went one day, and did I see any deer? No, I did not see any deer. I went one time, didn't see anything. I went last weekend on Saturday and saw a bunch of deer, a whole lot of deer. And um, actually, in the in the episode from last week, me and Drew were talking about this area that I was going to go into, and I did. And I saw a ton of deer, lots of does. Uh, I think I saw one small buck, but um, nothing nothing big. And uh, I've just seen a lot of does, lots of buck sign in there. But that full moon, man, I, uh, I really think a lot of the movement was happening in the midday. And I wasn't out there much in the midday. So, But I know a lot of you guys have been, been super successful this week. I've been watching on Facebook and Instagram and, and all the social platforms and seeing a bunch of people that I know listen to this show uh, snag some really good bucks. And so congrats if that's you. If you've killed your target buck or if you've killed any buck, congratulations. Um, man, I just absolutely love this time of year. So today I am talking with Doug, and I'm going to botch his name, I'm sure, but I think it's Glimmerveen. Um, and Doug is from up north. I believe he's in Wisconsin or one of those type northern states. Yeah, I don't. They all kind of run together to me. 
Um, but Doug is a really cool guy. He's the host of the SmackDown Outdoors podcast. And, uh, man, doing really cool stuff over there. I've been listening to his show a little bit and just doing a really good job. And he asked me to come on as a guest and talk. And so I wanted to share that conversation with you guys. A lot of it's going to be stuff you've heard me talk about before. But some of it, man, we just get into some really good conversation about public land, about hunting, about, um, you know, how we're going to be able to keep the sport alive. And just a really good conversation. So I figured we would uh, share it with you guys. And... I hope you enjoy it. It's going to be, a, it, it was, like I said, a really good conversation. We had a good time. A um, couple things I wanted to remind you guys of. Go follow us on Facebook at Southern Ground Hunting and on Instagram at Southern Ground Hunting. Um, and, and more than anything, right now, this time of year, we have a lot of YouTube content, video content coming out that, uh, that I think you will like. Actually, just yesterday, I uploaded another video of uh, Luke, who has helped co-host the show before. He got his very first on-camera uh, successful hunt, and so and it was actually with a recurve bow, which is pretty cool. So that that video is up on the channel. Go subscribe to the Sportsman's Nation channel on YouTube, and don't miss out on any of that. One more thing that I wanted to tell you guys about, which is pretty cool. I have recently, um, me and Drew have been uh, asked to kind of represent Scree Gear. That is a camo company that we've had, uh, we've talked about a lot on the show. It's a um, performance wear camo company, um, but more than more than camo, I mean, it's just a layering system like a lot of the other brands that you see out there. And the thing I like about Scree is that it's affordable and it works. I actually purchased um, uh, a, a set called the Hard Scrabble set, and that's what I've been using all year to this point, as well as a 170 Merino top base layer i purchased that stuff because i wanted to try it out and and see if i liked it and i absolutely love it um hunted a lot of rain especially on the deer camp trip with Catman and adrian and scott and uh and clayton and a lot of those guys it rained the whole weekend and i wore my hard scrabble set and i don't think my skin actually got wet now my clothes got wet of course because it was raining all weekend but um it never reached my skin i stayed warm it was awesome, and so after that trip was kind of when I was like, "Man, this stuff is this stuff is the real deal," and so um, we reached out to them and uh, had a conversation. And so what we're going to be doing this year is is just testing out their gear even further, and uh, I think I'm really going to like it. It's it's really really good stuff. I encourage you to go check it out at screegear.com. Um, just some really cool stuff that they have got going on over there. Especially for you guys who are going in deep, you need the you need the best um, clothing that you can possibly get, so that you can stay in the woods as long as you possibly can. Uh, there's nothing worse worse than weather, kind of dictating whether or not you can hunt. And uh, I know for me, that's that's not what I want. So um, go check out ScreeGear.com. Uh, in the future, we will have some discount codes for you guys. And, uh, but right now we're, we're just, uh, trying their stuff out and I think I'm really going to like it to so go check them out. I think you're going to like it as well. All right. That's enough blabbering. Let's get to the show from the SmackDown Outdoors podcast. First and foremost, thank you very much, sir, for coming on the podcast. 
Absolutely, dude. I appreciate it. I'm I'm excited about it. It's a uh, love. I'm a podcast host myself, so I like I love being able to actually be a guest on a podcast. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, and you know, I'll, I'll just let people know we're not going to talk about podcasting the entire you know time, but we will mention and talk about his podcast, um, the Southern Ground Podcast, and uh, you know we'll uh, we'll cover that. But you know we get you get podcasters on each other's podcasts, and that's like all you ever talk about because we're always <laughs> so excited to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we so, have a we have a club, <laughs> we have a, a great, right, right, right. a nice yeah, well, club. Yeah, and we even we all well, we met through uh, the first uh, first light or something. Uh, I can I can never remember the name of it, but uh, a Facebook group on a group on Facebook, and I just kind of sent out the uh, the old thing going, "Hey, who wants to do a podcast?" And you were one of the guys that said, "Yeah, I'll do it." So here we are. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. Uh, we were talking about doing it and, uh, and you, you threw out the date and I was like, well, that's super convenient because, um, what day is today? November 7th, which to a lot of people is like, that's like the, like most common known, like best day to be in the woods for the whitetail rut, um, in a lot of the, a lot of the, the U S um, sorry about that. My phone went off. I did not, uh, can you hear me still? Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're okay. Good. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. It, ha- um, it happens. It's podcasting. People, yeah. listeners, they'll be okay with it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so you threw out November 7th and I was like, well, I live in Alabama and our rut is way later than the rest of the United States. So this actually works out pretty good. So you don't have to, nobody else has to give up their November 7th. Um, right. Right. Which right, works right. out. Yep. Well, let's start, um, yeah, let's talk about kind of the Southern Ground and what it all is about. You can talk about the podcast. I think, you know, you do some YouTube stuff. Kind of get a, give everybody the 411 on what you have going on. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm the host of the Southern Ground Hunting, uh, we'll call it Hunting Media, I guess, um, because we do both uh, podcasting and YouTube. Um, I, I like both of them. Both of them are are pretty close to my heart. So I don't know that either one of those is necessarily more, more important to me than the other. Uh, we did start out as a podcast first on the, um, the sportsman's nation podcast network, which, uh, I'm sure a lot of, a lot of listeners have heard of nine finger chronicles. Um, land and legacy is on that podcast network, bear hunting magazine. Um, and there's just, there's so many great podcasts that are a part of the network. And, um, and I, I came on as Southern Ground, and basically what we do is we talk about everything, um, deer hunting, turkey hunting, even a little bit of fishing that as it relates to the South. So um, below the Mason-Dixon line, which I, I live in Alabama, um, we talk to a lot of guys from Georgia, Tennessee, Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, North and South Carolina, Florida. Florida right now has been just absolutely awesome. Every time we do an episode that has to do with Florida, it blows away every other um, podcast episode because Florida hunters are just hungry for some information because like, I don't, I don't know if you know this, Doug, like it's just so, so different hunting down here. And then you go to Florida and it's even more different. And these guys are just, go ahead. Yeah. Everything in 
everything in Florida wants to kill you. So there's that that you got to battle with. You it, know that. It, yes, exactly. And and <laughs> like we have that stuff here. We have a lot of snakes and stuff out here, but like it cools down. Like we get some some freezes every once in a while. You know, right now you're probably not going to see a snake out in the woods uh, unless it's a freak thing. You know, from now until maybe March or so, because it's it gets cold. And Florida, I, I hunted Florida the first time for the first time in my life last year. And dude, it was hot, man. It was like, it was like in the seventies, early in the morning, getting up into the eighties in the afternoon. And I was there for Christmas and like, it was warm. It was so weird. And I don't know how, how those guys do it, but man, every time we do a Florida episode, somebody's like, people are raving about it because they just, they want information that is relatable for them. And, you know, up until probably a couple of years ago, there really wasn't a lot of content creators out of the South. You had you had guys like um, from like Primos who who are based out of the South. Even Realtree is based out of Georgia. Um, you have a lot of those guys, but their content isn't necessarily related to the South always. And so um, Dan Johnson, who is the owner of the Sportsman's Nation, uh, hit me up and asked if I would be willing to take take on the role of doing this podcast and and since then you know there's been several podcasts that have that have come up there was um there was another one that was doing it about eight months before me and they're they're still doing it that's the down south hunting podcast it's a great show uh mike higman is the host of that show and um he kind of started it man he was doing he was him and uh and my buddy adam cruz they started the down south hunting podcast and they were really kind of the first of their kind but you know as well as I do, like, man, one is not enough when it comes to hunting content. Like, people are hungry for it. And so, man, we've just, we've received a ton of, a ton of great feedback since starting the show. Um, it was right at, um, it'll be two years in February. And so, we did that. Then we went moved to YouTube and started doing a bunch of YouTube stuff. And I, I try to put out about a video every week. And that's a totally new thing, you know, um, for, for me doing, trying to pull off that much video content every week is just really tough, but, uh, man, it's, it's been absolutely a dream. Like I, I grew up always deer hunting in, in West Texas where I grew up and, um, always wanting to do it in, in some type of, you know, bigger capacity than just being a hunter. Like I wanted to, I wanted to teach and entertain and, and create and do those type things. And now being able to do it, it's just been really cool. I've really enjoyed it. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so when did you start uh, hunting, fishing, little kid with the old man or what? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's actually really neat. I really, I, I feel like my listeners get tired of me talking about this because I bring it up a whole lot, but I get to talk to a completely different audience this time. So that's pretty cool. So I started, um, my, my dad is a, my dad's a pastor and, and that's my profession as well. I'm a a music pastor at a church in uh, Coleman, Alabama, but he started, um, hunting when he was probably, he, they used to go out and chase mule deer in New Mexico and they never killed a deer. Um, it really, it was really my, my grandfather was a, a business owner and he would take clients out there and they'd really just go out there just to have fun and hang out and stuff. And so I actually got to be with my dad when I was seven years old. I made good grades on my report card and he surprised me and took me on a deer hunt in uh, the hill country of Texas, which is got like, 
um, as far as deer population concerns, there's several counties in there that are like, I believe they, they still are the <laughs> highest deer density, um, in the nation. Like it's just tons of deer. There's deer like rabbits out there. They're not ever really big, but there's just so many deer. And so he took me out and, uh, with a buddy of ours named Sean and I actually got to be with my dad in the deer blind when he shot his first deer, which was a spike. And it was the very first time I ever sat in a deer blind. And, awesome. and it was just like, it was one of those moments that's like, I think a lot of people have it, you know, where they get to be a part of their first harvest or first fish or something like that. Um, but for me, it was just so like, it was everything that I wanted. Like I was, I was hooked pretty much from then on out. Like, I, I was done. It was it was it was all downhill from there. And then later that day in Texas, they have fall turkey season. You can shoot turkeys in the fall as well. My dad shot his first turkey. Um, then that afternoon, we went and hunted quail, and he shot a quail. And then we went back out that evening, and he shot an eight point. And so it was like just a day full of outdoor paradise. And that was my first experience. So I was hooked, man. I was seven years old. And from then on out, dude, we were just learning as we went. Like we didn't, we didn't really have a whole lot of property in Texas, in West Texas specifically, where I'm from. Uh, it deer hunting is kind of a rich man's sport. There's not a lot of public land. Um, if you want to fish, you got to drive like two or three hours just to get to the closest uh, body of water that has fish in it. So um, we didn't get to do it a lot, but man, we spent a lot of time thinking about it and watching it on TV and. I was uh I was I was a kid. All my friends were getting you know James Bond, Nintendo sixty four games. I was renting from Blockbuster the Real Tree Monster Bucks. You know like that, <laughs> that that was who I was. I would I would get five dollars for taking out the trash or something, and I'd go to Walmart and buy a pack of broadheads. You know, and I didn't have a bow, but I just knew it had to do with deer hunting, so I bought it. You know, and that was that was just who I was. I I really haven't changed. <laughs> I haven't changed at all since then. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> My buddies are buying, you know, doing video games and what am I doing? I'm renting, you know, real tree monster bucks. That's, Dude. And, and the, I'll tell you who, I'll tell you who awesome. also the, uh, the Fitzgeralds back then, they were cranking out some, uh, blockbuster videos and, uh, shooting yep. hogs and stuff and using recurve bows, man. I, I would rent the same one, like probably for, four or five years, I watched those same videos and rented those same videos, you know, 20 times, you know, it was just, it was just what I loved and I've always loved it. So when did you, uh, take your first deer or turkey or quail or whatever? <laughs> so it's funny when, uh, when we were on that trip, my dad was like, Hey, uh, you know, obviously he had had a good trip already on that first day. He was like, man, the next one we see, you're going to shoot it. And so <laughs> people are probably gonna freak out about it or whatever i don't i don't really care in texas you can at least back then i I don't I haven't lived in texas for a little while so i don't really know the laws but you can actually shoot turkeys with a rifle during the deer season um and and that was a wait 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 what you can shoot turkeys with a rifle yeah now don't mark my words on the on the actual legality of that because i don't like oh I know there are some states that you can do that. You can do that in like West Virginia. I'm pretty sure in Texas you can you can do that legally, um, but it's just been a long time since I've lived there, so I don't know how legal it is anymore. Um, 
but but it was like there were so many turkeys out there it was crazy and i was like seven and we you know we didn't know what we were doing we were just invited to go and we were just you know doing whatever and so we were sitting in the deer blind and my dad was like all right there's a turkey you shoot it so i pulled up his rifle and put it in put the crosshairs on it and shot and totally missed and busted my eye all to pieces man i was like bleeding and stuff the scope kicked me in the in the face and i was it was crazy but um <laughs> i was 7 then and i i was never really the shooter uh, other than that that day um we didn't really get to hunt a lot like i said like we would we would come and visit my family here in alabama and for the holidays and my uncle would take us out to either a hunting club that he was on or private land that he had access to. And occasionally we'd go hunt public land. Um, but he was on a club and they had basically made it to where like nobody hunted this certain shooting house over a clear cut because they knew I was they knew I was coming to shoot my first deer. And I was 10 years old. And that that evening I was 10. We were visiting Alabama and I shot my first deer. Uh, it was a little button head, and I gut shot it with a 270 um, out of that clear cut. And cool thing is, is my dad actually killed a deer that day too. He killed a doe right after that. Probably it's mama, but um, dude, it was like, it was crazy. It was just absolutely insane how you know three years in the making. Uh, there's been three years. I had watched all these videos and all this stuff. I didn't do anything that really required a whole lot of skill other than shooting the gun but dude that little 10 year old kid in that shooting house that day was just jacked up and like I was me and my dad were celebrating and and come to find out it was, it was funny my uncle was sitting not too far and there was an eight point that he was watching that he was expecting us to shoot that was just watching us knock over all the does and button heads out of that clear cut um but it was it was crazy man like it was just it was one of those things, and I, I don't think that I have ever, with any deer I've shot, that I've ever lost the amount of excitement I had whenever I was 10, and I shot that first deer in Alabama. Um, like, it it pretty much has stayed the exact same. Like, I get just as jacked up. If I shoot a doe, if I shoot a, you know, a four-point or a, or a giant buck, you know, it doesn't really matter. I get so fired up about it. And I, I've always said that, the day that I don't, I actually just said this to my wife the other day because we we're watching something on the outdoor channel. Somebody shot something and they were shaking the beat hell, you know? Yeah. Well, I turned to my wife and I go, if I ever don't do that after I shoot an animal and she, she looks at me, she goes, you're done. And I go, you're exactly like, yeah. it doesn't matter what it is, you know, deer, turkey, bear, whatever, you know, big game, you know, squirrels and, and ducks. That's one thing, but you know, if I ever lose that uh, adrenaline dump after taking a deer or a turkey or a bear or something like that, I'm done. Because that means it doesn't mean as much to me as it did before. And it's just going out and shooting something just to shoot something, mm-hmm. you know. So so to hear that from you. And how old are you? I'm 20, geez, 29. I'm 29. <laughs> 29. Okay. <laughs> I forgot how old I was. Yeah, I, 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 let me think. <laughs> yeah. How old is my wife? I usually go by how old my wife is, and then I can go down a year because she's older than I am. But she don't listen to this, so oh, it's okay. Oh, you married older too, huh? I so did. My wife's about a year yeah. older than me. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I remind yep. her of yeah, it every day. She's thirty, and I'm not. 
I'll never be as old as you, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and then she gives you that look and you got to cook your own dinner. Yep. Yep. That's, yeah. that's how yeah, it works. Yep. But yeah, if I ever lose that, I'm done. It's just, that's why we do it. Cause we can go, we can buy our food. You know, it's hunting sure. isn't about, you know, it, I mean, it's somewhat about feeding yourself. It's always, you know, rewarding when you're sitting at the table and you're eating a deer that you took and you harvested and you, feel dressed and you know some guys even you know process it themselves but it's about the experience and connecting with that animal especially when you're bow hunting you know when you're Mm -hmm. bow hunting you're so much closer and sometimes they look up at you so you're staring at this animal while you're about to kill it and it's just it's i don't want to say spiritual well it is it's definitely yeah well I, i mean spiritual or whatever whatever you want to call it i'll say yeah yeah it's something it's something that hits you deep deep down into a place where not a lot of things can hit you like when you because because at the end of the day you're taking a life and um like that is what you're doing it's not you're not stepping on a cockroach you're you're taking something that has blood flowing through its veins and and so yeah it is a spiritual thing And, and you know for me like i'm uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't know what what you necessarily believe or listeners believe, but I, I can imagine there's some listeners that will relate to this. Like I'm a I'm a pastor of a Christian or a, I'm a worship pastor of a Christian church, and so um, one of the things that I truly truly believe, and and it's written in the Bible, you know, that the, that whole faith is is based out of, um, is that God gave us dominion, right? And so that's why He put those animals on the earth is for us so yeah there's absolutely something for me that's that's 100 percent spiritual behind it sure like i get i get fired up there's an adrenaline rush you're close to an animal and and it's fun you know i don't, I don't i'm not gonna say that i feel bad about it because i don't um but right. there there is there is a small amount of you know remorse for the animal you know that that lived a life it did live a life it you know that it maybe um, reproduced or, or whatever, like there are, there, there's definitely other spiritual things about it. But at the end of the day, like I, that's, I have these shirts that I, uh, have made for, for Southern ground and, uh, they say exercise dominion. And I use that on, uh, hashtags and, and everything. And every episode that I do, I say, uh, the specific words, God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. So, like that, that for me is something that I absolutely 100% believe is that it's a spiritual, it is a spiritual thing. I'm not going to argue. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a, you know, I mean, Hey, I'm not going to argue. See, I'm not a hugely religious person myself. Sure. Is there a God? Is there a God? I'm not going to say no, because I don't know. Is, right. You know, and I can't say, and I can't say yes, because I don't know. Now, I've had some things happen to me where I go, I think it's a little more than coincidence. Definitely. So maybe, you know, I mean, I literally, I I don't know if I've ever, I might have mentioned this on the podcast once or twice before, Um, but the second deer I ever took, we were, we went out in the morning, did some hunting, came back in, and grandma had church on the TV. So we're sitting there, we're eating breakfast or lunch, whatever you want to call it, at 10:30, you know, in, in the morning. 
And, uh, you know, my buddy's like, all right, you want to go back out and, you know, get the woods again? I go, sure. You know, and I go, you know what? Hold on a second. And I looked up and, you know, like I said, I'm not a hugely religious person, but I go, eh, what the hell? What the heck? Sorry. <laughs> that was, <laughs> yeah, that actually worked, that worked out really here. well. That worked out really good, right. actually. <laughs> right. So, so I, I, I look up and I go, hey, big guy, we watched our church help us out here. We go out and we're like, all right, let's do a little drive. There's a little there's a swamp area at the end of the property. So he looks at me and goes, do you want the swamp or do you want to you know, go in a little bit? And I go, I'll go in a little bit. I'll run through the woods, you know? So we're doing this little drive and walking. And all of a sudden I look up, I see a deer. I'm like, oh, there's a deer. All right, pull up, shoot it. And long story short, we're standing there over the deer. And my buddy goes, hey, it worked. And I go, what work? He goes, remember back at the house a little bit ago? I'm like, uh, what are you talking about? He goes, when you looked up and you asked him to help us out because, uh, you know, we watched church and everything. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, well, wait, <laughs> this is weird. So, like I said, I'm not hugely religious. Sure. But there are some things I can't really explain. So, is there a God? I don't know. Maybe, yes. You know, I don't care what, you know, other people yeah. believe. That's fine. As long as you, you know, if you're not a quote unquote Bible thumper, you know, and you're going, oh, you know, you got to believe, you got to believe, you got to believe. No, you know, for so. Me, yeah, you know, for me, it's more or less, hey, if I'm outdoors and I'm enjoying and viewing what, you know, we'll just say God put there, I'm sure he understands whether or not, you know, however I feel about the whole situation. I'm out there enjoying it. And you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, whether you believe in God or not, you know, like it's there, there is, you don't have to believe, you don't have to believe in God to believe that um, there are spiritual things. You know what I mean? And in fact, and in fact, like nature is one of the most spiritual things, whether you believe in that, whether you believe in God or, you know, a, um, uh, all powerful being or, or whatever, whatever, whatever you believe in, like there are things that are spiritual, you know, there are, there are emotions. Uh, maybe emotional is even the better, the better word. Like people who don't believe in God still have something inside of them that make them, makes them laugh. Um, they still have something inside of them that makes them sad or feel remorse or be, um, incredibly happy or whatever. I mean, those are all things that happen within, within you, within you. And, and that's, I mean, that's all, that's all I mean. You know, like, I'm not, I, I'm not going to, going to tell somebody that they absolutely have to believe in God. But I, what I do believe is that, um, the ability to recognize those things that you have those things and that it's, you know, other, other mammals don't have the ability that we have to feel those things. And, and we do. So, so yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there is something about being a human being that is made in the, I'm going to try to say this in a way that doesn't sound Bible thumper, made in the image of something else. Right. Does that make sense? And so you can, you can Bible thump, you can Bible thump all you want. You no, I mean, I'm not a, I, I'm not a, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a Bible thumper either. Like I, I would yeah. not put myself in that category. Other people might, but. Um, you know, I just, I like to, I like to be as real as I can be. And like, you know, if, if somebody says, you know what you just said, 
like, yeah, I respect it. I think that's great. Um, but I do, you know, I know in my own personal experiences, even out in the woods, you know, um, hunting or fishing or, or turkey hunting or even just like scouting or anything like that. Like it's a, it's a very spiritual moment. It's very spirit, spiritual time for me. Yeah. And with big game, you know, we'll just take deer, for example, you know, like we were talking about how we get the adrenaline dump and the emotions running and everything, whether or not it's a spiritual moment, I think if you do feel bad, like you said, not a remorse, well, maybe a little remorse or, you know, whatever there is, because it is such a big animal and mm-hmm. it's a, you know, a good, a pretty animal and you do get up close and personal with them most of the time. You know, most people aren't shooting these things at 150 to 200, 300 plus yards. It's pretty up close and personal. Mm-hmm. And I think because they're so big and, and, and you do get that connection with them, that's why we feel the way we do other than, you know, I, a duck. You shoot a duck out of the sky. I right, go get it, pick it up, throw it in the pile. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's exciting. It's fun. But I've never had an adrenaline dump over a duck or a goose. Right. You know. And you know, you and, know and, what? That's that's funny, though, because, like, right now, just here in our area, we've got uh, an issue with black black bears in Florida. And I don't know if you've heard much about that, but um, basically there <laughs> – the state of Florida is absolutely covered in black bears. Like there's so many black bears in Florida and um, they, they don't have a hunting season for them because people basically protested at the one time they did a quota hunt. They did a quota hunt and they, they reached the quota in like not, not a very long time, a couple days and killed like a ton of bears. And obviously people found out and, because they are a fluffy, furry animal, and Winnie the Pooh, people grew up on Winnie the Pooh. No, those evil, icky hunters aren't going to go and shoot these Winnie the Poohs or these Yogi Bears or whatever they relate it to. Um, like there is a, there is a, um, a there, there are characteristics that you give certain animals, and animals like a, a bird or a duck or a mouse or, a, or like I said earlier, a cockroach. They don't get those um, characteristics placed on them, but animals like bears and deer and moose and elk and all these other animals that are furry and, um, you know, Disney has basically if Disney's made a movie about them, you're going to have a hard time getting to hunt them (laughs) somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's the anthropomorphization. I think that's the word for it. I don't know. Check out Joe Rogan podcast. Check a, check a Joe Rogan podcast when he talks about the same subject. <laughs> he knows how to say the word better than I do. Yeah, well, I'm from I'm from the South, and we don't we don't talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't say them yeah. di- dirty words. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know anthropomorphization was a dirty word, but anyway, uh, it could um, be. Listen, yeah, I don't know. Well, what it, it kind of is. And, it kind of is well. What what that is is it, it's putting human characteristics on an animal. It's giving right. them a voice. It's giving giving them a name, like you know Disney or, you know, I watch these these zoo shows with my wife, you know, on Discovery or National Geographic or whatever, and they all name all the animals. You know, you go to the zoo, all the animals are named. Well, yeah. that's part of the problem is that we have separated the animal from the food. 
and now it's a human. Yep. It's no longer it's no longer food. It's no longer a predator that could harm you or your loved ones or your pets or other whatever wipe out a you know a herd of cattle. It's now more human than animal, and that's the main problem. People don't realize or don't apparently care. Some of these people just don't care, and they just see you know an animal that's pretty and we shouldn't kill it we should let it be natural and your nature and take its course and all that stuff but whether or not they like to really admit it us as humans populating the earth is that na- is nature is natural it's it's gonna happen and there's nothing that is gonna stop that mm-hmm. until the next meteor hits or whatever and wipes us all out and we start from from scratch uh new jersey i think it was new jersey did the same thing they no no longer can hunt black bear there and now they're overrun with yeah and And what's funny dangerous is is that new jersey yeah what's funny is new jersey and florida you can't hunt them but they're still getting killed and now the government's paying for it which means the taxpayers are paying for it which means the same (laughs) people that don't want you to go kill it they're paying for somebody to go kill that animal right because you have to they have to, right. like, it's just, it's, you have to control populations. Um, you know, you have to, like, these bears are in people's neighborhoods and destroying their garbage and eating their pets or whatever. Coyotes are the same thing, man. I mean, like, you have to, and, and hogs, like, it, it, I wish people could look at all animals like the state of Texas looks at a wild hog. Um, it, now, granted, hogs will populate very quickly they reproduce at a super young age and can have multiple litters with tons of little piglets running around so like it's really hard to keep that in check but like it it works the same on a smaller scale for any animal if if a population is not kept in in check then what you deal with is you deal with not having enough uh not having enough food to support a huge population you know, they, they right. run out of brows, they run out of natural foods, and they end up dying painful deaths and not doing any good for anybody. Like, right. you know, if I if I go out and shoot a deer and shoot a doe, man, you can bet that I'm going to eat it. And if I'm not the one eating it, I'm giving it to somebody else who will eat it. Um, I, it, it, does, it does nobody any good for a deer to go out there and die of old age or die because yep. it, it was hungry. Or whatever, and I, I get that it's going to happen regardless of what we do or not. Like those, they're, they're animals, and it's the wild, and the wild is not forgiving. The wild is not Disney Channel, so I mean it will happen. But man, how much better is it to see that that natural resource be put to good use? And I, that's why I just can't like I can't get behind almost anybody. That doesn't at least, I'm not saying you have to hunt, I'm not saying you have to go out and participate in these things, but I can't get behind a whole lot of people who don't support it, um, because I think it is, it it does nothing but good. Right. I wish people looked at, at deer and bear and everything like they do at hogs. Yeah. Because you don't hear the, ba- you don't hear the backlash. It's funny because you don't hear the backlash of killing, you know, tens of thousands of hogs in Texas or wherever, you know, you don't, you don't hear that because 
they're an ugly, they're an ugly animal. Yep. There's, you know, and they're, and, and whatnot. So it's like, okay, so because it's pretty as a deer is or a bear that can't be killed, but a hog, eh, you don't really have a problem with it or yeah. a duck. Eh, you don't really have a problem with it. You know, it's, it's one of these things where what, how, do, how am I going to put this? Where does the line stop where it's okay to take a life? Because if that's what the problem is, is us taking a life, where does that line stop? Because do you step on an ant? That's a life. Do mm-hmm. you kill a spider? That's a life. You know, the food that, you know, I mean, not, not trying to jump on vegans, but, you know, vegans, a lot of them are, you know, well, not, I don't know the percentage, but some of them are anti-hunting. And it's like, well, the food you eat, where how it's grown, you're killing animals. You're killing life. Mm-hmm. Because they're spring, you know, they're 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 making sure that there's no bugs around, there's no voles around, and moles and all this other stuff that's eating your plants. And where do you draw that line? And why are you choosing to draw that line there? Yeah, we've just come, we've just gotten so far away from. I mean, 50 years ago, it was perfectly okay to go out and go deer hunting. Everybody did it. Everybody did it. I mean, sure, there might have been some some vegetarians back then, but I don't know when all of a sudden it became so bad to actually go out and procure your own food, regardless of if it's a duck, a deer, a bear, a moose, an elk, a rabbit. I mean, I don't understand it. I would like to I'm see. I'm 39 years old, and I'm 39 years old, and it was fine when I was a kid. Yeah, to have a deer hanging in the backyard. It didn't matter. Nobody cared. Nobody looked at you cross. You didn't hear people going, oh, that's murder. Meat is murder. It's like, what? When the hell did this start? <laughs> I would like to see when it when like when it actually did start and if it has any like if it's anywhere even near the time that Disney started making these movies giving animals human like characteristics. Um and see if they see if they go hand in hand. Because I, I feel like that's a lot of it, you know. Uh, when I meet somebody who maybe they don't know a whole lot of hunters and you say, oh, you're a hunter. Yeah, I'm a hunter. Oh, you you go out there and kill Bambi. Well, no, because Bambi was a cartoon and the deer, yeah. don't, they don't have human like characteristics. Like they don't they don't have a soul. They have they have their mammals, whatever, but they <laughs> they're they're just an animal. And right. like I think so many people. That is what the, that's the issue they have with it. It's the whatever that big word is that you said a while ago. It's uh, I mean, <laughs> they they feel like like I, I was talking to a buddy the other day who uh, this is actually a pretty cool story. Uh, and a and a big shout out to Steve Ranella for for what I'm about to say with Meteor. Um, a buddy of mine was talking the other day and he knew I was a hunter and he never really has been. He actually let me hunt his uh some property he had in his family. Back when I lived in Georgia, well, he sent me a message and said, hey, I think I want to get into hunting. And I was like, well, that's cool. Why? And he said, man, I've been I've been watching this show on Netflix. And obviously, I immediately knew he's been watching Meat Eater. He's like, I've been watching this show on Netflix, and I've never seen somebody put hunting in that type of light. He's like, I'm totally okay with it. He's like, I never in my wildest dreams thought I could take an animal life. But 
that's because he was raised on Disney Channel and, you know, animals having feelings and and animals being able to uh, love and, and do all these things that they, they really don't do, um, not the way that we, not the way that Disney portrays it anyways. I know there's certain, certain things that animals do, um, do, are able to experience or whatever, but it's not like, you know, uh, like Dumbo or Bambi, um, or anything like that. And, and that's why he, he's had this, like, just absolute, like, I guess just a misconception of what it actually is. And so he starts watching this show. It's on Netflix. Must be cool. Listens to this guy, Steve Rinella, who's, you know, uh, just a, just a Yankee or Northerner or whatever. And he's like, man, I didn't realize hunting could be like this. I didn't realize that that's what it, what it was. And, and I think, man, honestly, I think that is, I think that's 100% the most important, the best thing that we can do as, as outdoorsmen, as hunters, as fishermen, um, just any being advocates of outdoor sports and, um, you know, just this stuff that we love to do is by offering it in a light that is not, um, that is based around the food that's based around the experience and the food. And that's what, I mean, that's a, that's a meat eater thing. They do it perfectly. And that's why you're seeing a lot of people kind of convert and give up, you know, what they've always thought about, oh, hunting's wrong. Now they're, you're seeing a lot more people are like, oh, you know, I mean, I, th- I might could do that. And, and that's what we have to do, man. I mean, me and you both as creators and doing what we love, like at the end of the day, we're not going to exist if the sport doesn't exist. Like the stuff that we're doing, right. the stuff we're putting out there, it's not going to be around if if the sport's not around and if nobody supports it. Um, luckily for us, yep. the vast majority of Americans support hunting for food. Like they don't support hunting for horns or antlers or, or trophies that is frowned upon by a large majority of people, but hunting for food is supported. And so, you know, I think as we create, as we think about where, where is this sport going to be at in the next few years, it is 100% dependent on the content that's being put out to the masses and how it portrays it. And if what it is, is TV outfitted all about the antlers, blah, blah, blah. Then I don't think we're going to have a sport in, in the near future, the foreseeable future. Well, I think, I think hunting is actually, I think hunting is in trouble for a multitude of reasons. And one is because, because of the price that it actually costs to go hunting, it's getting astronomical and we're doing it to ourselves. You know, every time a new bow comes out and it's $2,000 now to buy a bow, we're doing it to ourselves because guys are going out and they're paying $2,000 for a bow. Mm. So we're and the people that can't afford that. They're like, well, I can't afford it. So I'm not doing it. And new people are coming into it going, well, no, I'm not spending that much, but I can't do it because I need that. Right. I need that to kill. You know, I need that. I need a $70,000 bass boat to go catch a fish. No, you don't, you know? Um, but the price of it is one thing. And then the image that is portrayed upon us, I think as hunters, we're putting out a relatively good image. There are idiots that, yeah, we're taking, you know, blood soaked 
deer pictures and this and that, flaunting it all over the place and acting stupid. But that's a that's a I believe that's a small majority of people. Most hunters are actually respecting the game, respecting the the people that they show, you know, this stuff to and and the way they put it out. I think it is becoming more respectful that way. You'll always have your idiots. Always will. Um, but I think that's kind of the, the, the two main things, the price and the image that is portrayed upon us. I mean, if you ever name me a movie that we actually, we as hunters actually look good in, mm. I'll wait, I'll, I'll wait. All right. So, uh, like a, a major movie, not like, you know, an, an indie film or something, you know, a hunter puts out like a major movie. How many hunters actually look good? There's no, you know, there's, there's not, there's not a, there's not a ton where it's just like overtly good. You know, you think of, uh, I can think of several, several movies where hunting is, isn't a bad, you know, obviously that's the, the, what is the antagonist of the story is the hunter. But, um, I mean, really the only thing I can think of where the, the good guy was a hunter is no country for old men. Um, but he's he's borderline a good guy. He's just kind of a country guy, you know. Uh, oh, I got I one. I got I it. Remember. I got it. Old Yeller. Okay. Old Yeller. Old Yeller. <laughs> Old Yeller. Yeah, but then he shoots his dog in the end, doesn't he? I, I can't remember. Yeah, because it gets rabies. <laughs> yeah. but, Is that what happens? I think I've seen it, but it was like I was like really really young. I can't oh man, Old Yeller's a good one. That's a tearjerker, man. Yeah, he uh, the the main character, the main kid. He's a uh, he's actually out. <laughs> so when he gets uh he gets attacked by a bunch of hogs because he's trying to like lasso one from a tree and uh when they come underneath his tree he's like trying to lasso it and then he like kills a deer in it at some point i think uh but i mean that's you know that's an old movie that was when it was more of the norm you know i mean that's why you had to right. that's how people were so i mean you're you're 100 yeah. percent right it's always it's always portrayed. So even if somebody doesn't necessarily think hunting is bad, you know, the, maybe their only experience is what they've seen on, on movies. And, yep. and so that's always, it's always the, the bad person, you know, it's kind of like, um, the witch, you know, there's very rarely movies where witches are good people, you know, like that's, that's why everybody thinks all witches are, are bad, which, you know, I'm, kind of going off on a rabbit trail right there but like it's no i get it, it it's yeah. it, what they put in front of you i mean it, it it's that way with absolutely everything dude like anything you can think of people form an opinion based on what they see people form an opinion on donald trump because of what they see on facebook headlines like that's yeah. <laughs> that's just how people don't even actually look at real information anymore they read what they see on somebody's facebook status and so, I mean, it's the same thing with hunting. If, if what they see is doctor shoots or dentist shoots illegal African lion or whatever, Cecil the lion, that whole thing, right. everybody's yep. like, yeah, that was, that was that stupid doctor. They should kill him. Like people said terrible things about him and come to find out he didn't really even do anything wrong. Like, no, nope. it wasn't anything well, wrong, even a little bit. Here's the funny thing is I actually... Actually, so I go to Disney World, right? And uh, which is kind of funny because you know the whole like, you know what we're talking about. Sure. 
it's almost like we're anti-Disney. But, uh, you know, I go to Disney World or whatever. And uh, I they have people in the different places, like, uh, you know, the, the Animal Plant or Animal Kingdom Lodge, right? It's all African-themed. So they ha- actually have African people, people from Africa, come and work there, whether it's for a summer or they're huh. you're permanently now, whatever. So I talked to two of them. And I actually brought up that that lion, and I go, so I got a question for you. As you know, this was kind of on, you know, a little later in the conversation. I go, so uh, do you guys know anything about you know Cecil the lion? Because they were actually from the same um, was it Zimbabwe? I think I don't know. That, that I don't lion remember. was shot in. Anyway, I, I knew at the time, but I was like, do you guys, you know, what do you guys know about that? What are your what are your feelings on that? And they said, who? What lion? <laughs> Yeah, what are you talking about? Like it was a, yeah, it was a giant thing over here. They go, we have, I don't know what you're talking about. We don't know any lion named Cecil. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, see, and that's where the the media over here is like, oh my god, this named animal. You you Once you again, killed you killed Africa's mascot animal. is what they made it sound like, right? And they have no idea who the animal even was over there. Yeah, there was probably only like 12 people that actually knew the name of the animal, and they all worked in the park. Right, right. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's sad. Yeah, go ahead. Funny story, uh, a couple of years ago, when that was fresh, um, when that whole thing was fresh, uh, me and my wife, I went for Halloween to a Halloween party. I got some scrubs, like some dentist scrubs, and then like took my bow around and like had fake camo no, face paint didn't. on, and we dressed my wife <laughs> as a lion, and I was the dentist, and she was Cecil. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's what you should use for the thumbnail image for this for this uh, episode. Oh my God. Is that video? We took some really good pictures too. Oh, that's funny. Well, I did see a picture because there was that cheerleader that got yeah. uh, got hatred for shooting the uh, the lion, and I saw some girl in a cheerleader costume holding a stuffed lion. That's some awesome. Picture on Facebook. Uh, Kendall, yeah. Kendall, what's her yep. name? Kendall Jones, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Kendall Jones. All that did was make her more famous. Oh, that girl is that girl is rolling in it now. She, everybody knows who Kendall Jones is. She's right, and that's the thing. They they think that they're gonna like you know tear this person down, and they're no longer gonna be around, and all this stuff. No, all, actually, all you're doing is making them more famous, more popular, because us as as hunters have actually done a pretty good job at sticking together for the most part. Definitely. Definitely. For the most part, like I would say, I would say there is a division and, and like, that's kind of for us, um, for, for, for Southern ground. Like what I'm, what I'm trying to do is, is kind of paint deer hunting in a different light. So I, I'm, I'm a deer hunter. I've deer hunted my whole life. I like shooting big deer. Um, I like to shoot the turkey that's got the longest beard. I like to catch the biggest bass, but I find a whole lot of joy and just experiencing it for what it is. And if, you know, if, if there's a great story behind a, like a five point buck, um, the, you know, and I'm, I'm videoing it and then you maybe, you know, I've had a crappy week or, uh, maybe it was absolute heck getting in that morning and even just getting out into a tree or whatever the case may be. Like if the story is awesome, like I might shoot that deer. Because I want to experience, I want to experience that hunt in its fullness. Like I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, just say, oh, I'm just going to let that walk because I'm afraid somebody else is going to say something on Facebook. Like I'm, 
I'm not that guy. I don't care what somebody else says on Facebook about. I shot a three point in Kentucky, a full full velvet three point in Kentucky, and some people flipped out a little bit about it. Who goes to Kentucky to kill a three point, dude? I had struggle fest in Kentucky trying to kill anything that I could possibly kill on public land. And that three point happened to walk out and dude, the story of it was excellent. I had poison Ivy everywhere. Like the experience that I have from that hunt and I have meat, I've got something to remember it by. I'm like, like, that's what I, that's what I chase. Like I'm not chasing after if the only thing that I'm chasing after is big antlers and I'll just, I'll pay a few thousand dollars and go do an outfitted hunt, but I'm just not interested in that. I'm interested in, like, what is, how can I make this as challenging and as fun and as, as possible? Like, that's that's what I want. And so I, that's what I do with a lot of the people that we talk to on um, Southern Ground. You know, we're not talking to famous TV guys. I don't have any issue with them. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I have no issue with famous TV guys on the Sportsman's, uh, Sportsman's Channel or Outdoor Network or whatever. Like, I don't have any issue with them. But that the people that I want to talk to are the people who have really good stories and the people who are going out and making the most of their situation. Maybe it's the guy who, um, man, he killed his first public land deer and it was a a spike. Or maybe it's the guy who, uh, we talked to a guy the other day that um, shot the biggest deer of his life and somebody, the deer died in in front of somebody else's ladder stand and that other person claimed it as their own and checked it in and basically stole his buck. Like that's a, that's a crazy experience, a crazy story. Um, it was the biggest year of this guy's life. Not the biggest. I mean, it's not going to make any magazine covers. I don't care. Like I want to hear, I want to hear these stories. Like, and, and I think if we can do that and share those experiences and not make it always about, oh, I killed the biggest buck. I killed whatever I, it, it, that stuff doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Everybody's killing big deer. Like there's a lot of people who, who kill big deer, but there's not a whole lot of people who can tell the story that you just experienced. And so that's kind of like, that's kind of like our focus. And I think it, 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 it paints us in such a better light whenever we do it that way. Um, as, as hunters, as fishermen, as whatever, I think it's, it's just better. No, I fully agree. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'd love to have, you know, Jim Shockey on the show or Michael Waddell on the show. And hopefully I do someday. Yeah. But for me, but for me, I want to talk to normal people. I want to talk to people that, you know, are experts in the field over here, but you know, normal people that, you know, like you, I mean, no offense, but I don't think you're really famous. Neither am I, but you know, you're not famous. None of my listeners, well, maybe a couple, but most of my listeners, aren't going to know who you are going into this. So I like getting the same thing as you, just normal people that like to tell stories, like to, you know, share their tips, their tactics, their information. You know, I, I I reach out to people. I had one actually today that I reached out to and he's like, you wait, you know, I'm like, Hey, you want to be on the podcast? You know, when am I going to get you on the podcast? And he goes, who me? (laughs) Why, Why would you want me on the show? And I go, well, you hunt and fish. So, Come on the show. I don't need big <laughs> That's the qualifications. The right. If you hunt fish and can speak, you're good to go. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's about it. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, what people need to realize, and, and 
as hunters and fishermen, we know that the big names on TV, we know that they're putting out entertainment. That's all it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 100% entertainment. There's a little learning to be had. You know, there's a little like, ooh, that is a good deer or whatever. Most of them, you know, they're put in really good spots. They're hunting with guides. They're spending a lot of money in all this production and, and you know, millions of dollars in shows. So, yeah, they're going to end up shooting a, a, a good deer. But the general public, they don't understand that it's entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't, they, they're looking at this going, oh, all they're doing is trophy hunting. That's all yeah. they're doing is trophy hunting. It's like, well, yeah, but those animals still aren't going to waste. I mean, they're still right. getting eaten. You know, they're still, yeah, the, the guy's going to go out and shoot a 180-inch deer on some ranch for a TV show. He's going to put it on the wall, of yeah. course. But I know some TV guys, and guess what? Their freezers are always packed to the brim. They're giving it away to people that don't hunt or can't hunt or whatever. So the meat's not going to waste. Now, there are certain people, I'll just say his initials were CB, and he's no longer in the industry because he decided he wanted to shoot a bigger deer after he already shot another deer. <laughs> Pretty sure everybody knows who we're talking about. But Man, I was all, done lost. with him. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> no idea? Uh, booyah. Yeah, I got um, <laughs> <laughs> But I was done with him when... I watched a video and he's in the tree stand and I don't know if it was Facebook live or whatever, but a video and he's talking about why he likes to kill, you know, hunt big bucks, you know, well, it was all fine and dandy, you know, oh, I like the thrill of the chase and putting in all the work for it, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Cool. Well, all of a sudden he said, he doesn't even like to eat them. He just likes to hunt them. He doesn't, he doesn't even eat it. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so so literally you're just doing this just to kill them because you want a big deer and i was done with them after that i'm like all right you're not in it for the right reason like i get it you want to go kill a big buck and you want the adrenaline rush of a big buck and it's a challenge but you gotta at least i guess eat some of it yeah you and know, I, I could get given away but that's part of it is taking in that nourishment that you just, you know, took the life of. That's how I see it. I don't know. Yeah. It, and, you know, I don't know that I could put even like a, I don't know that I could put like a concrete, like this is how much deer meat you should eat of what you kill. I don't think you can. Like I, I kill a lot of deer for people that um, want them, you know, like I've, I've, I give away a ton of deer meat because people that I know ask me to kill a deer for them or whatever. Um, and I usually, keep, I usually keep one or two, you know, in our freezer, but, um, I don't know that you can do that. I, what I will say is that while I can't give like a concrete, you know, that's, that's good or bad for sure. I can say that I feel a whole lot, I feel sorry for people like that, you know, that, that don't like to deer meat, don't like to eat deer meat, but they like to deer hunt because you don't get to experience the whole thing, you know? the f the full experience you're not getting the full thing um i don't know if it's bad or or, or not it's it's legal and so if they're doing it legally i don't you know i don't really care but i i feel bad for them because i love the yeah. i love to eat something that i killed even like i don't even like liver like i've never liked liver um but like that's one of the things that i want to do 
this year is eat liver from a deer that I killed just because it probably will taste better than liver that I bought at the store. Like I just, I, I want to experience those things and, and, and I want my kids to as well. And I want my wife to understand that I'm not just going out while I am going out and having a great time while I'm doing it. That's not all it's for, you know, I, I want to be able to provide something on the table for the family and, and people yep. need to see that. Like, I, I get that every deer that you kill, you may not, you may not eat, you may give it away to somebody, whatever. But people need to know that the majority of us are filling our freezers. Like, that's what we do. We're not, the majority right. of us are not going out and spending $10,000 to kill a deer on a high fence, whatever, uh, and then not eat the meat, just cut the head off. Some people are doing that, but not everybody. And I think, you know, as media, as content producers come out of the woodwork, you know, more so than ever before, like, I think you're going to see that a little bit more. And I think you have, I think that is the greatest hope that the outdoors, that hunting has is average guys creating content because it's a whole lot easier to create content these days than it used to be. And, and I think you're going to see that become more of a, more of a, a thing. And I think that's the hope that we have for the sport. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like you said, it's average guys can do it, you know, put out a video 30 seconds after they shoot something. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can go face, we can go Facebook live and, you know, as it's happening, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you're hunting with your buddy, he's got, you know, he's got the phone, he's Facebook live. There's the deer, there's you aiming. And next thing you know, there you go. It's, it's all wrapped up. Yep. And, you know, my, my thing um, was not necessarily that he doesn't eat it or eat all of it. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, how do you put a percentage on how much of it you actually eat? Well, you, you, you know, because I might give some away to a buddy or whatever, too. So I don't necessarily eat every single ounce of everything I kill. But it was how he said it. Yeah. And his attitude was just so it's the game of chasing a big deer, you know, and all this stuff. And it's like, well, there's a lot of things you can do the same way, you know, to, to do the same, have that same feeling really. Mm -hmm. It just, it just, it just really gave me a very bad taste that that's what the public is seeing. Cause this was put out on his public profile. So now any anti hunter or somebody who's kind of on the fence or whatever, they could have looked at that video and go, Oh, well he is just trophy hunting. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, I would never say that if I didn't eat what I killed, I'm not going to say that out in public because yeah. then people are going to go, Oh, he's just, he's just trophy hunting. Yep. Now I do know people that literally can't eat deer meat cause they're allergic to it, but they still deer hunt, but they bring it home. The rest of the family eats it or, you know, they give it away to their friends or whatever. Definitely. So I get that. Yeah, for you sure. Know, but the, the way he, the way he said it, and then the whole shooting two deer because, you know, the bigger one stepped out. That just went to kind of prove that, yeah, it was, yeah, he's not in it for the right reasons. Oh, definitely. So. Yeah. Like that, there is always just that, like also he hunts illegally. So, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's that as well. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and yeah, but no, the, the, the new, the, in, I think, with it being as easy as it is to put out content, whether it's videos or pictures, um, you know, articles, whatever, 
it is so easy to do it that more people are doing it. And the younger kids, whether or not they think it's going to make them famous or whatever, right. I think it's good that they, they, they can see that it is easy and they are doing it. So hopefully it's going to help grow the numbers with these kids going, man, this is cool. Yeah. You know, especially like water, waterfall right now. It seems like every kid is getting into waterfall hunting and it is <laughs> awesome. That's oh, that it's is cool. crazy. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're out scouting. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm 30, 38, 39, 38 or 39, 30, 38. You know, and my buddies, we're all in their 30s for the most part. We're driving around. You know, we're going to the gas station early in the morning. We're scouting and we're seeing all these younger kids all over the place. And they've got, you know, the little tiny, the little tiny John boat that they, you know, decked out with all the grass mats and all this stuff and the truck full of decoys and whatnot. So I think waterfalls definitely got a bright future. Yeah. Deer hunting, deer hunting, on the other hand, that's the tough one, because if you have kids and you don't deer hunt, who's going to take them deer hunting? Yeah. No, you're exactly right. You know, that ends a cycle waterfall they can get a buddy they can get hop in their truck and they can go to go you know wherever they want they can go waterfall hunting fishing okay. same way you, can go, you, can go, you don't need your dad to go fishing but no. you, you need a mentor to go deer hunting you do and, and that and that's why that's why it's so important for people like to take somebody take somebody yeah and it doesn't have to be a kid like take a grown man man you may change this guy's right. you may change this guy's whole um, family line after him just by taking somebody else deer hunting. Their kids may yep. take it up, and then their kids may. And before long, you have a hunting heritage that happened because you took one 40-year-old man hunting, and he enjoyed it, you know? Like, yep. that's that's all. that it, It's actually a pretty easy thing if people would do it, you know? <laughs> that's That's the thing is people won't do it. I'm guilty of right. it too, man. Like, I, I, there's only a handful of people that I take um, that I that I would be willing to take a lot of the time because, my gosh, I'm hunting public land and I got my spots and I don't want them giving them away. Um, but that's not a good excuse, you know. I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not making that excuse. Like, I I have to. We have to do better. We just have to do better. There's no there's no other way to say it. Like, we just have to do better. Yeah, and I think, you know, and here's the deal, too, is that you don't even have to get them started deer hunting. Take them squirrel hunting. Mm-hmm. Take them rabbit hunting. Take them grouse hunting. Take them small games. You know, stuff where you can have more than one person. You can walk around. You can be warm. Like, here it starts mid-September. You can be warm. So you go out, you shoot a couple of squirrels. You may shoot a rabbit, maybe a grouse or whatever. And then you can go back. You can clean them. You can eat them. And that's when all of a sudden that connection happens. When you when you shoot something and then you eat it, you go, oh, wait, now yeah. I get it. Yeah. that That's right. You know, and I think the, and that's probably the biggest disconnect is that, well, I don't know about the biggest disconnect, but the whole food connection thing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, going back to, you know, previous in the conversation and kind of what happened. And I think that, the fact that food got easier to go buy, you can go to a grocery store and you can, for however much money, you can go fill your freezer full of meats, full of vegetables, full of you know cheeses, whatever. 
and it's all packaged, ready to go. You don't have to see any any hair, any guts, any blood. Go buy your hamburger, go buy your steak, go buy your chicken, your pork. So it's become so much easier to just go buy it than it mm. is to actually go get it. I think that's another, it's one of these multi-level things where there's so many different little things that add up to all of a sudden, what the hell is going on? <laughs> you know, how yeah. did we get here? Well, you've got the grocery stores, you've got the Disney effect, you've got this, you've got that. But, um, but yeah, if you can just take people out, take them small game hunting, go shoot a couple of squirrels, cook it up, eat it. And hopefully that light bulb goes off. They had a good day. They had fun. They got to eat something and it's like, Oh, okay, cool. And then you can work them up. Mm-hmm. Spring, spring, go shoot a turkey. You can do that. You yeah, know? it has. It just has to start somewhere. That's yep. That's. I mean, it may be. My gosh, it it may just be taking them. Like I, I've gotten a lot of people into it by making them. I, I make a a certain recipe out of back straps, and people are like, "Holy cow! How do I get more of that?" It's like, well, right. You go into the woods. Like you go into the woods and get yep. it. And if you got yep. public land around, then you can do it for free. Like you can just go get it. If you got the tools oh, yeah. necessary, like you don't have to have a whole lot of money. You just go out and go get it. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not like it, it does not take a lot. And some people just won't be into it. Like me, I'm not into bowling. I think bowling is stupid. I, I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I suck at it. I'm no good. I never have been good. I don't like to bowl. A lot of people love to bowl. So some people are going to get it and some people won't. But at the end of the day, like our job is to get as many of those people into it as we possibly can. That's, that's all it is. And to just be good people, man, like just be a good, just be a good person. If somebody doesn't want to hunt, like you can still be a good person to them. Like you you don't have to fit the stereotype of, you know, Bubba night hunting on the side of the road, you know, shooting deer out of people's uh, whatever soybean fields from the road like you don't right don't be that guy just be a good person and guess what the stereotypes will go away like nobody stereotypes are stereotypes because they're true most of the time <laughs> and like there's a reason why they exist and and so many people are are okay with with the stereotype that's on hunters just because oh it's just the way they're always going to see us so we're just going to fly a rebel flag whatever blah 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 i don't like i'm I'm speaking from frustration obviously but um no that's all right but but but, i mean just just be a good person that's that the maybe that's the greatest thing that you can do for hunting if if you're like man i don't have any property i don't want to give away my public land spots i don't i don't know anybody that doesn't hunt just be a good person that's how you can help just be good you know obey the laws be respectful be respectful of people who are not hunters. Um, just be a good person. That'll make things a lot better for us. I got uh, I got nothing to, to top that one, so there you go. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was yep. that was ranty. No, it's, dude, that's awesome. Go ahead, rant. All, if there's anything you want to rant about, this is the platform. Go you, ahead. You know what? Now that I think about it, I'm just not really. I'm just. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna sit back <laughs> and uh, enjoy this. Moment. Yep, It'll be an easy podcast <laughs> for you. 
Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I love when the guests talk more than me. So do the listeners. <laughs> I, I understand. Me too. <laughs> it makes it makes my job so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. No. It you know and you know going along with that, it's you know when you go to the gas station and you see the kids with the you know hunting, whether it's deer or whatever, talk to them. You know, say hi. Say what you know. How you guys doing? You need any help? You know. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to give away spots, but hey, is there you know you need some advice or just just talk to them, have a good time, you know, be nice to the people in the gas station or in the shop or wherever you're going. That goes a long way, putting out that good image that you don't see in the media, in the TV shows, in the movies. And yes. like you said, stereotypes are stereotypes because they are true, 100% true. And, and at some point, somewhere, the stereotype wasn't created because somebody just went, yeah, you know, um, I think I'll make this up and then it'll become, you know, a thing. Like, no. No. So, <laughs> no. you know, I mean, it, I mean, there are guys that go out there, they get drunk, they shoot deer from the road. If we stop that and we, you know, nobody gets caught for that, they can't go, oh, hunters just go out, get drunk and shoot deer from the road. It's it's pretty simple. So it's a, it's a very, very good point that, us putting out a good image and that goes along with you know like you said the whole you know Renella teaching people that hey this is not just going out and you know shooting animals and putting them on the wall and you know we kind of eat them whatever no big deal he's actually breaking it down and he is doing a ton I fully agree with you that how much he's done for this is amazing mm-hmm. and the way and the way he's been able to do it through his show through his podcast and everything it's absolutely awesome and we need more people like that. And I'm beginning to see it. You know, there are more people that are focusing on the food. And you hear the stories about people starting to hunt because they want to get their own food. And next thing you know, they're out there picking mushrooms and mm-hmm. eating wild eating wild asparagus and doing all this stuff. And next thing you know, they, they're, they're a better cooked than you because they actually care about their food. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's true. Like I, I've noticed a lot of people, I've got a buddy, um, uh, up in Huntsville that is a, uh, he's actually, um, not been hunting for a really long time, but he loves to cook and he's really good at it. And so like, he's at, he's, he's, he's like super into hunting and he shoots all deer that walk in front of him. Like he doesn't let deer walk because he's like, he tried deer meat and was like, yeah. I'm going to have to have that in my life forever. So now he hunts and he kills a lot of deer and he makes a lot of really good food. Like that's okay. That's it's okay to, to want to be a hunter just for that reason. Like that's perfectly fine. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're hunting to get the food, perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that, that you, like I, I would go so far as to say, you don't even have to have an adrenaline rush and get excited. If you really, if if going hunting to you is just like getting the groceries, I'm I'm okay with that. Like <laughs> I can yeah I can be fine with that. You don't have to get excited. I wouldn't probably want to do it if I didn't get excited. But if that's why somebody else is, gets jacked up, you know, power to them. That's great. Right, right, yeah. And going back to you know you you talking about you know shooting that velvet three pointer in in Kentucky and oh why would you shoot that and you know all that stuff. Well. That's because that's what you wanted to shoot. And, you know, I have my own rule of if I shoot a buck, and this kind of goes along the lines of, hey, shoot what you want to shoot, right? You know, I, I have a, a buck on the wall. 
I don't know. I don't even know how big it is. 120-ish inches, maybe. Mm-hmm. Never had it measured. I don't care. I don't yeah. care how big it is. The only time I'll ever care is if the thing looks like a moose, and then I'll get it measured. Other than that, <laughs> no big deal. I mean, if, if I go out and shoot a 160, 170, what do I care? Because guess what? There's a million other guys that have shot the same, same thing. So Yep, you're right, but man. Me, yeah, but for me, I've already shot a deer that big. If I want meat, I'll shoot a doe. Yeah. So if, if I can, if, if a bigger deer than that walks by, I'll shoot it. Otherwise, I'll let that deer go by so somebody else can shoot that deer. Mm-hmm. So the neighbor, the quote-unquote neighbor that will shoot it, I'll let him shoot that deer if he wants to. Yeah. And the funny thing is he'll probably let it walk because the neighbors don't always shoot everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it's true, man. You're exactly right. Yeah. I don't know. So what uh, what is on the docket for Southern Ground? Oh, actually, you know what? Hold on. Before we go there, I want to talk about a hunt you just had. Did you not – was that this year that you uh, – took a deer and you had to use a kayak to go to go hunt that thing yeah yeah so uh that's actually the way that i hunt just about 100 percent of the time uh is i use water access and i use a, a kayak a new canoe is what i use and um man that i just found that that was the the best way to access public land for me and in my area in alabama you know we don't have a lot of deer here it's it's very low deer density um and so you know, it, it, it's hard work, but I would rather paddle than walk and hike up hills and stuff. So it actually, you know, could be seen as a little bit easier, but man, I'm able to get back into areas where crap, like I, I, I've never run into anybody, um, deer hunting. I don't think ever in Alabama using the kayak and that, so that's just why like today I, I paddled in or I used my trolling motor today and went about two miles in. And, um, my trolling motor battery actually died. It did not charge like I thought it did. And so I got to paddle that back, but no big deal. Not a big deal at all. That's just a normal day in the woods, man. Like it's just, it's, it's made it every day is just so much more of an adventure when you go hunting, doing it that way. Like you feel like you did something cool. But so I, last, I guess it was a couple weeks ago. Um, I ended up shooting my best public land buck. Uh, that I've ever killed um, with my bow and uh, used my kayak. It was actually the first one that I've gotten to put in the new canoe. So he was he was the tenth deer that I've that I've put in a kayak. Um, so I started kayak hunting about three years ago, and he was number ten that I've gotten to use a kayak for. And uh, the first one I've actually used in the new canoe for. And dude, it was just it was it was awesome. Like. I couldn't have asked for a better experience than that one. That one was so much fun. And um, I didn't get the shot on camera, but I got a, a good majority of the of the hunt on video. And it's up on the YouTube channel. And um, just going back, dude, I've gone back and probably watched that video 15 times since I uploaded it. Just reliving the moment. Like, it was just absolutely crazy. That's cool. So do you, uh, you saddle hunting then too? Oh yeah. Yeah. This is my second year in a saddle and that's man. So it's funny before tethered was even around Greg Godfrey, um, hit me up. He was just an average guy or average everyday saddle hunter. And, uh, he had listened to me on a episode of the nine finger chronicle 
Nine Finger Chronicles podcast that I was a guest on, and he hit me up. He was like, bro, you need to be in a saddle. If you're using a kayak and you're not using a saddle, you're stupid. Like, that, you just need a saddle. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, okay, geez, dude, who are you? And uh, so we started we started talking, and um, come to find out, you know, he's a big part of Saddle Hunter Forum or SaddleHunter.com, and he creates all these videos for people to make saddle hunting a little bit easier. And then uh, a few months after that, I guess he was like, "Hey, I got to tell you something." I said, "Okay." He said, "I'm about to do something that's the craziest thing anybody's ever done in the hunting industry." I was like, "Okay, what is it?" And he said, "I'm starting a saddle company." It's like, whoa, well, that's cool. And uh, so um, I started using the Mantis last year. And freaking, dude, I I won't ever buy another tree stand. I don't have any reason to. <laughs> it's the best. Well, I had, yeah, I had Ernie Power on the podcast. I've actually known him for a couple of years. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be doing another battle next year. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you... You need to. It's it'll change your life. There's so many benefits. Yeah, there's so many benefits to it. You can carry it around in your pocket, basically, and you can get up in a tree that you can't with a stand. Uh, so it's it. Just talking to him about it, talking to everybody else about it, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. And it does. I'm, like I said, pretty sure I'm gonna at least add it to my arsenal. Will it replace all my stands? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? It will, bro. But probably. <laughs> it will. It's one of those things, once you get it down to, you know, getting your sticks up or however you get up in the tree, yeah. getting it set up, it's like, wow, stands are stupid. It just but, ma- uh, it, yeah. It's so much more fun to hunt out of a saddle. Like, people don't understand it until they do it, but swinging there, like hanging there like that, is a whole heck of a lot more fun than climbing up a ladder and sitting on an uncomfortable seat. Like, it's just, it's just funner. It's like, I, I guess it's the reason why people rock climb, like just being able to, to hang there. And like, it's just, it's just so cool. And it's practical for deer hunters, for public land hunters. It's light. Like, I don't have to worry about a heavy, heavy pack. Like I'm, I'm good to go, man. All I got to do is literally like I go and hunt my dad's property in Texas every year and it's like 20 acres and he's got um he's got deer blinds up, tower blinds, he's got tripod stands up, um mostly permanent locations or whatever. Um and I still I'd I'd rather hunt in the saddle. Like I'll I'll yeah. climb a tree right next to the deer blind cuz I'd rather hunt out of the saddle. It's just well, fun. Well, a couple of the things. Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, besides it being lightweight, you know, I mean that's one of the biggest things about it, lightweight. Definitely. But, you can you can get up in damn near any tree, mm-hmm. whether it's six inches around or bigger. You just get a bigger rope to go around the whole thing. But you can keep that tree in between you and the deer, so your concealment is so much better than sitting in a stand, hanging off of you know a foot away from the tree. You know you can actually hide better. Yeah. And talking to John, Eber, talking to John Eberhardt about comfort, he said he falls asleep in it almost every time before the sun comes up. So, dude. I don't, it's, I, that it's might not be a good thing for me. That might not be a good thing for me because I fall asleep in the stand anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm that guy too. Uh, I always fall asleep. Saddle's super comfortable. I've never had any issue with it being uncomfortable. Um, but yeah. it, it's just, more than anything, it's just practical. So I'm a self-filmer and I have a camera with me. Every time I'm in the tree, I've got a camera with me. 
And so, you know, I, I've, I've filmed a little bit out of like a climber. Um, I filmed a little bit out of a walk on, uh, and I filled out, I filmed a couple out of a, um, a blind and I'm like, the saddle is just so much easier to film out of. Like you have in the same way that you have, you know, 360 degree shooting, um, with your bow or with your rifle or whatever you're, you're hunting with, you have the same ability with the camera. Like you have 360 degree range. Um, it takes a little bit of practice to get to it, but it'll do stuff that a, that a stand never even thought about doing. And it's lighter and it's quieter and it's safer. Like there's, there's seriously the only thing that it's not all the time. Like if you've got an API, like a API grand slam climber, it's not going to be that in comfort, but what it will do is it'll make you sweat a whole lot less walking into your spot. And you're going to be more comfortable for the rest of the day because you're not going to have to haul 30 pounds worth of steel on your back, um, back to the truck. So yeah, comfort is debatable. The only, yeah. The only, the only problem is, is that I'll end up carrying 30 more pounds of uh, camera equipment. But. Hey, that's okay. Like, that's what I always say, man. I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, uh, <laughs> so like if I'm trying to eat healthy, I'll take the bun, I'll take the, I'll take the bun off of a, off of a burger and just eat the meat and cover it in ketchup and people are like well you know a ketchup ain't healthy i'm like well i would have still covered it with ketchup if i had the bun on it so it's still healthier <laughs> like right like it's I'm already st- carrying 30 pounds worth of with the camera equipment so i might as well just uh, dump the stand exactly like it's still better for you it's better than 60 pounds yep. worth of everything right Right. Yeah. I, I carry so much stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I need to, I really need to learn to just lighten up my whole everything. And I think part of it with uh, getting into saddle hunting and, and all the, the forums and, or the, the groups now and all the videos and, and the DIY stuff, you know, there's, I mean, there's guys that do it. I mean, they're showing you how to build a, you know, a camera arm that works just as good as a big heavy one. Mm-hmm. But it weighs, you know, a quarter pound or whatever the heck it is. Light, light, light. So, yeah, it um, it's definitely my future. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna at least try it next year. Oh, and dude, if you try it, give I'll, it a minute yeah, and you'll love it. Like it. Yeah, odds are I'll like it. But if I don't, I don't. You know, I've known guys that I I, I know guys that one guy for sure. Um, he used to hunt out of it and he doesn't anymore. He just didn't didn't think. I, I think he was in the wrong size myself. And I yeah. told him, I go, hey, get a little Ernie, get him, you know, make sure you're in the right size. Because he said it wasn't quite comfortable. And I'm like, it's probably the wrong size. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Or or but he it, had uh, his, he didn't give it time to adjust. Like, I hear guys all the time talk about having hip pinch. And, and most of the time, the way they're able to fix that is by adjusting the height of the tether, which is the rope that wraps around the tree for anybody who doesn't know. Like, the height of that on the tree can affect all of your comfort. So you just got to figure out what's, what's comfortable for you. And most people don't go into, I went into it with the attitude of this is for me. This is designed for people who hunt like me. I'm going to figure this out. And so I went into it with that mindset and I was like, and I loved it. I shot a deer the first day that I used it. And like, it was, it it was just awesome. Like I, I never, I never really had a, I never really had a, a bad experience with it that I can even, I mean, nah, two years under my belt. Now I, I can't think of any time that I've been like, God, I wish I had a tree stand. Um, right. Like right. it's just, uh, there's nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. I've, I, 
I think it was it might have been with the the episode with Ernie or it might have just been me talking to somebody else. But I think it I think it's gonna be one of those things that in twenty years we're all gonna go. Remember when people used to hunt out a metal stamp? You know, because everybody because everybody's saddle hunting. It's just one of those slow progression things. It is that all of a sudden it's like, oh, this person tells this person, and now with podcasts, YouTube, and all this all this media stuff, it gets out there, and people go, oh, what is this? And you know, like Ernie, Ernie, they're busy. Tethered is busy. They are selling a bunch of saddles. Oh man, they're they're selling a lot of saddles and they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Like I yeah. I talked to Greg today on the phone and he was headed to uh where's he headed to Missouri. So like they're they're cranking out content left and right, hunting, meeting new people, making deals, doing all kinds of crazy cool stuff. Like they're they're really they're busy and they're crushing it. Like they're doing a really yeah. dang good job. I wouldn't. You know, I like I, I don't I'm not I'm not saying this for any other reason other than like I just love those guys. Like there is not a better group of people that I would want to put my life in the hands of their product than those guys. Like they they genuinely care about you. They care about your safety. They care about, you know, all of the they're they're saddle hunters. They're using this gear. They're tinkerers, they're DIY guys and they're like they they care about it. And, um, and that, yep. you know, so I think the further along these guys can get the, the more people they can get saddles in the hands of new people, converting people away from, you know, climbers and lock-ons or whatever, um, man, you're just going to see it progress and it's going to keep progressing and keep progressing because they just, they care about it and they're doing it the right way. Yep. And, and it's also one of those things that it might actually help get more people involved in deer hunting. Definitely. Because people look at it at first, they're like, eh, what is this kind of goofy? But if they actually look into it, oh, so I don't have to go out and buy a stand and then find a way to get my the stand a mile in and set it up in a tree. You know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's easier. If it's truly easier to hunt out of, a, out of a saddle and get back to where you need to go and get up in a tree and all this stuff and help you take a deer, it might actually help get more people into deer hunting which we all know we need more of mm-hmm. definitely and and it's safer it'll keep more people alive to experience deer right. hunting um you know I, I always had this fear when i was using a climber is like i use i hunt a lot and i know a lot of people who have had climbing tree stand accidents and a lot of them it wasn't their fault it was the gear that they were using malfunctioned and uh, it, there was just always this thing in me that was like, okay, when's it going to be my time? I'm hunting out. I'm hunting more than a lot of people. Eventually, I'm going to have an incident. And uh, and now that I switched to the saddle, I don't ever even really think that. Like I never. It's so much safer. Like I know my stuff's not going to malfunction. It's not going to break. It's not going to you know. And it, and if something does break, it's not going to be one of the things that it, my life is you know, that is holding me from falling straight to the ground. Like those things won't fail. And I, and I trust them. So, um, you know, I think that's one aspect of it. There's so many benefits to it, dude, but safety, safety is, and and should always be the number one, um, the number one concern. And dude, I, these things are so safe and it's just, it's just, it's just awesome. Like it's, it is an elite 
method of elevated hunting. Yeah. Well, we all know the risks of uh, hang-on stands. There's yeah. straps, there's cables, there's putting up your sticks and all this stuff. People think that ladder stands are super safe. Like you can <laughs> never get hurt in a ladder stand. I had a buddy, Matt, my buddy Matt, he is a bear guide and he guides a whole bunch of stuff, but he was taken down, uh, taken down ladder stands. And he was up in the ladder stand and the stand broke. Mm. He fell down about 17 feet. Luckily he's alive. Luckily he's still walking, but I think he did crack a couple of vertebrae. I can't remember exactly, but he's, he's pretty messed up. He's got, he's got a, you know, a pretty, I mean, he's got some recovery ahead of him. Um, but you know, everybody thinks that ladder stands are also safe and also safe because there's, you know, a ladder and it's a strong ladder and all this mm. stuff. It's just, it's, it's cheap Chinese pot metal. That's all it is. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I don't leave my stands outside. They all, if I, if they're outside, they're outside for deer season. And at the end of the deer season, I always bring them in, put them in my shed. And then I go through them, check all the straps, check all the stress points, to, you know, look for cracks, look for anything like that, look for rust. But, uh, but yeah, with the, the saddle, it's well built. I've, I've, I've seen them. I've touched them. I've held them. I've stood next to Ernie as he's hanging in his display tree, you know, yeah. <laughs> in a couple of different fields. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're built well. So, yeah, when it comes to safety, I can definitely see that it's being safer than any stand really out there. And ladder or a climber stand, you'll never catch me in a climber stand. I don't trust them. There's yeah. too many things to go wrong in a climber stand. I've never trusted it. Ever. I can't make it up more than three feet in a tree anyway without messing something up. So I'm not going up 15 to 20 feet in a, in a <laughs> climb. Not happening. Well, those are a staple out here. Like everybody, because our trees are just tall, tall, straight pine trees. So everybody hunts out of a climber. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of accidents that happen in, in a climber. And I, I would say I trust them for the most part, but I don't 100% trust them. Like, I've seen too many accidents to, to trust them a hundred percent. And I just, I, you know, I didn't want to, I have a family and a wife and like two kids. I, I've got a lot to live for and, and I want to be out in the woods if, especially the way I do it, water access, going two miles on a lake, um, hiking in deep to a spot or whatever, going to where people aren't, man, I, I need to be as safe as I possibly can be. And if I fell out of a climbing tree stand, you know, two miles down the lake, well, who's going to hear me? You know, like I'm, there's a good chance that I might, I might not make it back. And so I want to, I want to do what I can to be as safe as I possibly can. Cause I solo hunt. I'm by myself most of the time. And, and I'm, I'm just not willing to take that risk anymore, especially now that I have a whole lot to live for. Right, right, right. And a little public service announcement, if you do go out solo hunting, which technically we kind of all do, even if we go, do go in a group, let people know as much as you possibly can. Send them a screenshot of, a, of you know, like I've got the Onyx app. Send whoever you're with, or like if I go out hunting by myself, I'm going to send it to my wife so she knows exactly where I'm going to be. Yes. So if I don't, so if I don't come back, she can give this to the police or whoever's going to come try to find me. Well, here's where he's supposed to be. So please let somebody know 
where you are exactly. There's no excuse for that. Not knowing exactly where you're going to be. We've got GPS on a phone and we can screenshot, we can send longitude and latitudes out because you never know. I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going tomorrow I'm, I'm heading up north because we're our deer season, our gun season opens up. We're all going to know where we are. All five or six of us that are going to be there, we're all going to know basically where we all are. So if somebody doesn't come back, we know where to go look. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that you, you've got to, and I know we're deer hunters and we, we grind and we take risks, you know, we climb, climb big hills and walk through deep muck and swamps or whatever it is that you do. Um, but you, you, you gotta be safe, like be smart. And I'm, I'm not always guilty or I'm not always, uh, um, the smartest probably when I, when I go out and take some of these big risks, but man, I, I try to be as smart as I possibly can be because if I, if I do, if I were to get hurt, um, I, it would be a long time before somebody find, found me out there. Yep. And we're no longer doing this to survive. So we're not, we don't need to push ourselves over the edge. We're doing this for the tradition for some food, but you know, we're not doing this to survive. So you don't have to be Mr. Rambo out there climbing rock walls and jumping through, you know, five foot deep streams and all this stuff and acting cool. Be safe, be smart, come home, do it, do it for your loved ones. If you don't want to do it for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, We'll uh, we'll wrap this up here in a few. But what's what's coming uh, coming down the pipeline here for Southern Ground? Um, right now, killing deer is uh, is right up there on the <laughs> on the list of things that I've got to do. Um, <laughs> I love that answer. That's awesome. Yeah, killing deer. <laughs> yeah, mostly killing deer. That's I mean, honestly, that's probably the most important thing because what happens as a podcast host and a YouTube creator is if you don't kill deer, then you don't have things to talk about and you don't have things to video. And so, um, I, I've got to kill some deer and, uh, our rut is going to kick out, kick off in probably what's today. It'll kick off in about a month where I hunt in, uh, in, and then a lot of Alabama's in late, late December around Christmas and stuff. So, um, doing that, man, and honestly, just trying to get, um, trying to promote hunting as an experience and, um, promote this lifestyle in a good light. Like, like we've been talking about all day, man, like every single thing I do, like I do not want to put something out there that's going to make hunters as a whole look bad. And so I'm always trying to figure out new ways that I can do that. And, um, right now I'm on this kick about, shooting small bucks like I just like it goes it goes against the grain a little bit from from what people you know from what people have been doing especially in the the industry side of it um but my god sometimes I just like to shoot small bucks and I ain't gonna apologize about it and so uh you know if you see if you see a southern ground video some little short chubby kid paddling a kayak around um, every once in a while he may get lucky and, and find a, find a big buck, but it's probably going to be a small one most of the time. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, it doesn't hurt my feelings or anything like that. I just, I just love to hunt. I love being outside and I love to paint it in the light that everybody can enjoy. Yep. 
Well, put it like this. You probably worked hard for that smaller buck than uh, somebody else did for that bigger buck. So, True. shout out, baby. True. <laughs> yeah, like yep. like today, and I'll say it on your podcast because I, 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 don't, I don't mind. It happens to everybody. Today, I, I put a really bad shot on an animal and uh, on a doe, and I... I don't know what happened. I really, um, I really can't figure it out. It it was a should have been an easy shot, and I ended up hitting her just really far back, and and I did not recover her. She didn't leave any blood, um, and like it, it was there was nothing. Like there was nothing that I could do, and uh, I searched forever. Grid searched the place, searched all over the place, and and I actually. Um, I was so far back on the lake that I could not even get a dog in there because it was, it was just too far and I couldn't, I couldn't wait for a buddy, you know, to come show up. It it was just, I couldn't do it. And I felt really terrible about it, but it happens. It it happens as a bow hunter. It just, it's just the way it happens sometimes. Um, but I don't, I don't remember where I was, where I was even going with that. Oh, I remember. I went so far back there, and I took a shot at a doe, which is something that a lot of people wouldn't. They'd be like, "I am not about to work that hard to kill a doe," and uh, and, and man, I'm the exact opposite of that. Like, I told my dad when I got into the area, I was like, I texted him, I was like, "I got to decide if I'm going to shoot a doe back here," and he kind of laughed, and I was like, "I think I'm going to. If I get a shot at one, I think I'm going to, because I, you know, I because I just enjoy the experience, and I'll work really hard." to enjoy that experience like that's just this is who i am that's what i do and i uh, i'm not very apologetic about it i don't you know if somebody doesn't agree or they don't want to do it that way i'm totally okay with it but that's the way i like to do it everybody's trophies different everybody's goals are different and that's perfectly fine definitely but i do like to shoot big bucks i don't want to let people think that i don't i do i like shooting all deer (laughs) i'm pretty sure everybody likes shooting big bucks yeah, it's true. Uh, why don't you uh, let everybody know where they can find podcasts, they can find the YouTube, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So um, so you can check out Southern Ground Hunting on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and you just look up at Southern Ground Hunting on both of those and, and it'll pull up. Um, you can check out the podcast. You can just search anywhere podcasts are listened to. You can search Southern Ground Hunting Podcast or... You can subscribe to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, and you'll get the Southern Ground Podcast as well as a whole bunch of other ones, uh, really good content creators. And then on the YouTube channel, it is the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel, and obviously I'm producing all the videos that are the Southern Ground videos, and there's mostly going to be uh, some a lot of public land, southern stuff, um, but occasionally you'll have a... I, I'll hunt private land occasionally if I get invited, um, but majority of it's going to be Alabama public land just grinding hard trying to do what we can to put deer in the freezer cool cool thank you very much for being on the show sir man I appreciate you having me anything you want to come back on just let me know we'll get you on the the calendar fantastic dude it was a it was my pleasure it was great to be on right on thank you sir All right, thanks again, Doug, for having me on the SmackDown Outdoors podcast. I really do appreciate that, buddy. It was a great time talking to you. Guys, listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. hope you guys are having a great week. Looking forward to the weekend, and I wish you the absolute best of luck. A couple reminders, check us out on Facebook and Instagram, at Southern Ground Hunting. 
on YouTube. That's at the Sportsman's Nation Network. I'm sorry, not the network, just Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel. Um, check us out there. Also, check out Scree Gear. I think you're going to like what you see. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting even deeper in my Scree Gear setup. I'm excited about it. So you guys have a great weekend. Good luck if you're going to be in the woods. And if you are, just remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.